0: Hello Texans and we welcome you to the program that plugs you into NRG Stadium where the rodeo's still cooking by the way for a few more days. George Strait on Sunday, huh? Might have to check that out. Mark Vandermeer with you tonight joined by among others Bradley Roby and John Harris. They're going one-on-one. Drew Doherty is going to be along. Andre Ware in just a few moments. And also Stanford head coach David Shaw. What is he doing? Well, we have some comments from him as we did a special feature on Justin Reed. So you want to hear what he has to say about Justin Reed and the other Stanfordites on the Houston Texans roster. That's coming up a bit later. I want to begin with this because it's free agency time and many people are freaking out about not signing certain guys because that's pretty much the number one freak out in free agency season isn't it it's never oh i'm freaking out because you signed a certain player it's i'm freaking out because you didn't sign a certain player and i'm not saying it always works out where if you don't sign a guy it's all going to play out in your favor and we've all seen here that often when you get the big prize in a free agency it does not work out and again sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but let's go here And it's hard to evaluate offensive linemen for me. I've watched a ton of football. I've called every snap in the history of this franchise. I've called national championships in college football. It is hard for me, so I would imagine it's hard for you to evaluate offensive linemen. You're just going by what you hear. So let me tell you this. Trent Brown, who everyone feels like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we missed out on Trent Brown. All right, let me tell you about Trent Brown who I think is a good player. There's no question about that. And it's a free market, and I never begrudge anybody for getting the money on the market. That's the American way. It's capitalism. Brown is the highest-paid offensive lineman in the history of professional football. Let that sink in for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. So Bill O'Brien and Brian Gain are upstairs in this building, and I can't speak for them, but I can only imagine they're thinking, are we going to name and make Trent Brown the highest-paid player at his position in the history of this league. And I don't know how to evaluate him. Let me just go down this road. I know he played for a Super Bowl champion, so good for him. But let's look at this. Pro Football Focus, you all love this website. I think it's part of things. It's a tool. It helps you sort of gauge things a little bit. But if you want to go down that road, they rate him as above average. Not even good. He doesn't even get their good rating. They call him above average. So an above average guy and this is all the teams seeing this, becomes the highest paid player at his position in the history of the National Football League. Juwan James, another free agent. He signed with the Broncos, former Dolphin. He is very well compensated and, again, good for him, but he's also rated as above average. Who's good, according to Pro Football Focus? Well, David Bakhtiari is good. Well, he's actually one of the best offensive linemen in the league today. He might be the best tackle in the league. They rate him as good. Trent Williams, rated as good. Washington Redskins. It's very. Dwayne Brown, I know you're thinking of that. Well, we know Dwayne. Dwayne's rated as good, according to Pro Football Focus. They rate things pretty tough, don't they? And I know that Julio Davenport struggled at times last year at left tackle. And I'm not saying he's going to be the starting left tackle. I don't know who that player is going to be right now. I also know that Dwayne himself, his rookie year, platooned with Ephraim Salam, and it was not smooth sailing. In fact, a lot of you, fans in general, media, pundits, whatever, said that Dwayne was a shaky first-round pick after that first year, which he platooned with Ephraim Salam, turned into... Maybe the best lineman in the history of this franchise. Chris Myers, another guy who was acquired from the Denver Broncos, 8 09, A lot of people were very skeptical about his future. Turns into a pro bowler. So, And again, I'm not saying that the guys they had last year are all going to become pro bowlers, but you've got to let things play out a little bit. Trust the process here. Boy, did I just do a Sam Hanke thing? Trust the process here and see how it goes. Not saying it's going to work, but it's an approach, and it's the best approach that they feel they can take at this time. And more names are being added to the mix, maybe as we speak. All right, let's start the show with my good buddy Andre Ware. I've done games with him for 17 years for this franchise. Oh, my goodness. Dre, how's it going? How are you doing?
1: I'm good, man. It's uh, it's kind of been a whirlwind watching all this free agency stuff kind of fly around, and and uh, you know guys going from team to team. It's almost like they've got the hammer now, or you can just say, hey, I don't want to play for a team anymore. I want to go wherever, and then you you kind of get your wish. I wish it was that way back in the day. That's for sure.
0: I was gonna ask you this, and I hate to ask you the get off my lawn type question, but. When you see the money that these guys are getting these days, these free agents, and I know a lot of it is just market-driven and needs for teams and things like that, but it's got to make a guy like you who played in the league say, hey, 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 this is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, you, you kind of know that, that from year to year the salary cap is going to increase and there's going to be more money for uh, for players. But it's I think it's the guaranteed money that makes you really just kind of take a deep breath and say, whoa what's going on because, you know, you're guaranteed, you know, you've got a, like Odell Beckham Jr., got a fully guaranteed contract. Those weren't, it wasn't that way back in the day. And uh, certainly a surprise when you, uh, when you get, when you take a look at it.
0: Yeah. I want to start with uh, some teams that aren't in Houston and let's start right there. You mentioned OBJ going to Cleveland. What's your level of surprise, the price that it took to get him, or him going there, or all of the above? I mean, give me your reaction to that transaction.
1: I think it was the price it took to get him certainly surprised me uh, first. And then, you know, it used to be where you ship a guy to Cleveland. It, it might as well. It was kind of like Green Bay back in the day before Reggie White signed there. It's like you were going to uh, the football hill in any of those two spots. And so to see him go there, we knew that Cleveland has a good – solid, young defense, and you forget they've added to that as well. Now you've got plenty of weapons for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Nick Chubb provides more than enough in terms of a running game. Uh, It's going to be a dangerous team. However, I pause because it is Cleveland, and I got to see it before I believe it. But uh, when you add a piece like, like Odell Beckham, uh, it is now you got a dynamic playmaker on one side Jarvis uh, on the other and those two played together in college so you know there won't be any uh, selfishness among receivers it uh it is something to kind of keep an eye on this season
0: Andre we're joining us Dre what about Antonio Brown going to the Raiders and how all that played out
1: you know you wanted I, I know that Pittsburgh wanted to get him out of the AFC but it seemed to be now that that the price of that one seemed to surprise me more than maybe any any free agent signing this offseason because, what, a third- and a fifth-round pick and the guy is gone. It's like, let's just get him out of the building. And I almost feel like Buffalo had to have offered a little bit more than that. I mean, you, you got to feel that way. Pittsburgh thought they obviously could get more for him. The market started to dry up, and then Oakland came in and offered what they did, and he's – He's now a Raider, but uh, for Derek Carr, it's a weapon. I think it's it's an upgrade, certainly, over having lost Amari Cooper a year ago, and they got a first-round pick for him. So it's starting to look like maybe, just maybe, the Raiders look like they know what they're doing uh, this offseason.
0: Andre, what about Deshaun Gibson coming to the Houston Texans to shore up the safety position group?
1: Yeah, I think when you, when you lose Kareem to Denver and, and, uh, you lose Tyne Matthew to, to, uh, to Kansas City, there was obviously a need for an upgrade and, and you had to fill some voids there. And he's going to give you, uh, obviously a, a playmaker on the back end. He's, he's a veteran who has been around the block and, and kind of knows the ins and outs. and can help the younger safeties back there. So I, I think they're in good hands. In a sense, if you get a healthy Andre Hal back and that can, uh, can contribute as well, uh, it's a it's a good signing for the Texans.
0: And they've got a couple of corners here with Bradley Roby and Brian Body Calhoun, and Calhoun yeah. can play special teams for them. I just get the feeling that they're looking for a lot of bodies, not to use. Brian Body Calhoun's name here, but they're looking for a lot of bodies, and they're also going to work it through the draft at corner. What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, you kind of get, and you know, it's it's kind of uh, production by numbers where you get a lot of bodies, and and uh, in the in that amount of bodies, somebody's going to turn into a player that fits and uh, fits a need and can can do some things for you. Roby is a playmaker; a uh, guy can he can play. So that's I, I thought that was a good signing on on the part of the Texans. To get him in here, and and, uh, he's a fast player that's made a lot of plays, I think that's that's an addition that's going to bode well for them.
0: All right, now offensive line, we were talking about the Raiders. They get Trent Brown. It's for huge money. Uh, Do you think that Nate Solder, lack of performance, for lack of a better term or way of putting it, for the Giants last year sort of shied the Texans away from dumping big money into a free agent left tackle? How do you think that might have played out?
1: Yeah, it could have, uh, but you know, certain systems fit certain guys. So you, you know, it's a totally different offensive system for Nate Solder than it was in New England. So it may take some, you know, adjusting there. And so I wouldn't really base it on, on, on the production in year one. Now, if it's a bad year, uh, in year two, it's obviously not a fit and maybe the production has, has gone down from the player, but that shouldn't stop you from, uh, being aggressive in terms of trying to sure up your roster, seeing who the best fit would be uh, along the offensive line. They're going to have to make some moves because obviously you can't really uh, or you're not hoping to to stand stand pat and go into this year uh, with the same group. I think I look for some adjustments there, whether it's through the draft or some late free agent signings.
0: Andre, Nick Foles in Jacksonville. Blake Bortles gets oh, let Gary. go. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, it's scary because, you know, all they needed was a guy that could manage the game. I've had a tremendous amount of respect for Nick Foles going all the way back to when he was in high school and watched him play in the state championship game at Austin Westlake, uh, then following his career through through Arizona and getting to meet him personally uh, on the set at ESPN when we brought in the Pac-12 quarterbacks at the time. And so I uh, just had a tremendous amount of respect for his game. He's kind of a silent assassin. You don't you don't he doesn't talk a lot and he's not very vocal, but his he lets his play speak for himself. And Jacksonville kind of needed that type of leader. Uh, a guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes at the position and then they're in games. With that defense and a quarterback now that can certainly make plays but also not turn the ball over. Jacksonville uh, Jacksonville's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. They get four net back on the right page and get him going and keeping him healthy where they have a running game maybe draft a receiver or two uh this is this is a a group that uh they could do some damage this year
0: andre we're joining us andre the texans will play the afc west this year denver will be coming to houston and denver now has joe flacco playing quarterback what did you make of flacco going to the broncos
1: Actually, it was kind of a surprise, really, because, you know, Case didn't play bad last year, and I don't know that it was all his fault. They had some problems on the offensive line, never really could find a running game. And, and so it's like, you know, with, with John Elway, as has been a quarterback. It seems like, I think, what is this quarterback number four uh, in the last few years? So, uh, you know, maybe they're looking for answers. That one was kind of a head-scratcher with Flacco not, uh, not having played, you know, getting hurt and – and not having played the tail end of the season after Lamar Jackson took over and led the led the Ravens to the playoffs. That one for me was was a little bit of a head scratcher.
0: You know, it's a great point you make because you could say Simeon would be quarterback number two, but only because they felt like Lynch wasn't ready yet, so they yeah. didn't make it on Lynch. So it's really almost five in terms of guys who they've chosen to try to take that job, and it's been difficult. Now case goes to Washington. And Jake Ruden, who had success with Cousins, at least offensive success, what about Case in the nation's capital?
1: Yeah, I think he'll get a shot. He'll obviously get a shot to compete for the job. There's rumors everywhere that they may trade for Josh Rosen. Uh, who knows when Alex Smith is ready to play again? And So, you know, the one thing I know about Case is he's going to compete, and he'll be ready. He'll be prepared. Uh, he's probably there already studying the offense, trying to get a leg up on the competition going in. Um, but, you know, who knows? I, I know that, that, like I said, he's going to be ready to play. Uh, nobody's going to study harder and work harder than Case will. It's just a matter of uh, how he performs once once they get started in training camp.
0: Dre, it's that time of year where spring football will be upon us very soon, if not already. Yeah. So what about you and your schedule? And, and how do you like this time of year when you get your first glimpse of all the college teams?
1: Yeah, I love it because I'll bounce around and go check out, you know, a few uh, college campuses in terms of of uh, you know spring practice, and then I'll certainly I don't know my spring schedule in terms of which game I'll do. I'll be doing spring game or two uh, here before spring practice is over, obviously. But you know, it's it's just a good time. This is when I feel uh, really in terms on the college campus where you win or lose jobs. It's not during two a days. Once you get to two a days. Uh, coaches' minds are pretty much made up. It's how you perform in the offseason, how that carries over to the field in the spring practices, the 15 or so practices you get for spring football. And then that sets the pecking order going into fall camp. This is where I like it the most, though, because that's where all the competition really takes place. It's a good time to see it.
0: And I know you're a big NCAA basketball fan. So
1: oh, next yeah, week, man, I can hardly wait. Selection Sunday coming up, all the tournaments. It's like basketball full time for me right now. I feel like I, that's my job this time of year: is to just sit back and watch <laughs> college basketball and see if I can pick the national champion. All
0: right, well, have fun filling out the bracket, and we'll talk to you soon,
2: buddy. All
0: right, next up on the show, I'm already behind here. Bradley Roby, new Texans corner on what he does best. That's next. David Shaw, Stanford head coach on Justin Reed, what he does best. How about that? And Drew Doherty, the final segment here on Texans Radio. So great to have you listening tonight to Texans All Access here at NRG Stadium. Final weekend of the rodeo. We always bring it up because they're living among us, so it just sort of comes out in our dialogue here on the radio program. A dialogue was had between John Harris and Bradley Roby. New Texans corner coming over from the Denver Broncos. Won a Super Bowl with Denver. Johnny will get into that with the new Texans defensive back, Bradley
3: Roby.
2: Hanging out with the newest Houston Texan, Bradley Roby. How's that sound? Houston Texan, Bradley Roby. How's that sound, my man?
3: It sounds great. It sounds perfect.
2: What What was the biggest reason? For wanting to come to Houston, we know you had a couple other offers that you were considering, but in the end, you chose Houston. Why?
3: Um, to win. You know, I haven't been winning past few years in Denver, and uh, after I tasted that Super Bowl, you know, my second year, I just I wanted back so bad. And this team is a team that's on the rise, and continuing to win the division every year. And uh, I want to join that and help, you know, take it to that next level, get past that first round of the playoffs.
2: Played Ohio State, so you won a lot of games there.
3: For people that haven't seen you
2: play all that much, what do you bring to the table? What are you bringing to the Houston Texans? Why are fans going to be excited about seeing you play?
3: Uh, I'm a guy that plays great in man coverage. You know, that's my specialty. That's what I've been doing since I've been in the league, and that's what I do the best. I feel I feel like I bring that to the game. I also make a lot of plays, a lot of plays on the ball, punch the ball out. You know, uh, pick sixes, interceptions, stuff like that. So. I i myself have taking the ball away at least a few times a year.
2: Hey, we've seen you do that, Kansas City, in 2015, late in the game. You've done that before. What were your thoughts on the Texans, players you've seen? DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt. You're going to be in the same defense with him, Javion Clowney. What about these players that you're coming here? What was the thought about them as you decided to come to Houston?
3: I think they're great players. Uh, I look forward to playing with those guys. I look forward to playing with Clowney. I look forward to playing with Watt and uh, Whitney and and all those other guys and uh, I'm also ready to compete um, versus Hopkins every day in practice Fuller every day in practice uh, Deshaun every day in practice so uh, that was a big factor in my decision too because I realized you know in Denver I got a lot of good work going against Demarius and Emmanuel every day so I wanted to make sure that you know practice is really more important than the game so I wanted to make sure that whatever I went, the atmosphere of practice could be game-like. And with those two guys, you know, I'm going to get a lot of great work.
2: You win the championship in 2015, so you've been around championship teams. What makes a Super Bowl team different? What's the key ingredient that the Texans now have to have to get over the hump to get to that location?
3: I think it's just um, unity. It's unity. Um, Great defense, uh, which we have here. And everyone has to play together. Everyone has to hang out with each other outside the field as well that's one thing we did in Denver we always were around each other we were, we were like really a family, we were really brothers and, I, and just seeing the success in my second year and not really having the success in other years, is first you have to have great players you know what I'm saying, you have to have that but also, it's that bond, you know, everyone's together everyone's tight, and it has to be that way to win, because when you're out in that field, it's only you guys versus everyone else so I think it's that, and a great quarterback, and we have that here,
2: no doubt we have that here. When you go to Denver, your side, Akeem Tlaib, Chris Harris. I mean, there are a couple established guys. What did you learn from the, those veterans that you're now carrying on as a veteran as you come to Houston?
3: Um, just everything. You know, I came in as a rookie, and those guys, you know, just practice habits, how to watch film, what to look for, um, techniques. Everything, man. I learned a lot from those guys, and you know, I all those guys a lot.
2: Bradley Roby, your newest Houston Texan. Bradley, it's great to have you here, man. Thank you very much for your time.
3: I'm happy to be here.
0: John Harris and Bradley Roby here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, and we'll have some more of that for you on Texans 360 Saturday night, 11 o'clock on ABC 13, a show you need to be watching. All right, David Shaw. You heard me bring him up. He's the head coach at Stanford. Boy, he's been rumored to be coming to the NFL for a long time. But really, the rumors have died down because it looks like he's just there for life at Stanford. And he's appeared on draft shows. He's really knowledgeable about the NFL and sends plenty of people to the league. One of them being Justin Reed, drafted in the third round by the Texans last year, had a great rookie campaign. The future is very bright. Well, our buddy Tyler Sudarth, who shoots a lot of great videos for us, uh, is shooting a feature on Justin Reed and editing it. And here are some comments from David Shaw. He sat down with the head coach of the Cardinal about Reed, about some of the other Texans who are from Stanford. Here's what David Shaw had to say about Justin Reed when he first arrived on campus as a young Cardinal.
4: Young Justin was full of energy, uh, driven, um, passionate, uh, as we all know, uh, had a lot to learn, um, had to figure out who to trust uh, and who could help him uh, achieve his goals. Um, so I think there was a lot of burning energy and he didn't know where to direct it. Uh, and over time, once he got to know me, he got to know Coach Akina, he got to know our staff. Start to get really, really comfortable and embraced uh, the fact that we were going to try to help him achieve his goals uh, on the field, in the classroom, and beyond Stanford.
0: David Shaw, head coach of Stanford, talks about Justin Reed as a student. He's there finishing up his degree, and that's where we caught up with Reed. But here's Shaw on the safety.
4: Justin as a student is the same as Justin as a friend, Justin as a football player, Justin as anything. It's just you get all Justin. So uh, I remember one time I asked him, how's class going? And we had a 15-minute discussion because he wanted to go through every single class and he was so excited about the things that he's learning he and excited about his professors. Um, and that's one thing you love about him is he pours himself into things and um, gives it everything he's got.
0: Shaw is really happy to see Justin Reed and other Stanford NFLers back on campus this offseason and many offseasons.
4: Yeah, first of all, I take so much pride in playing a part Uh, of these guys' stories as they come through Stanford and move on, whether it's in the NFL or other places. So we all watch with a lot of pride, all of our NFL guys, and and Justin was great this year down in Houston and made so many plays, and you just see that passion and energy and fire and competitive juice um, in every single game. And having come back really shows uh, all of us, and for all the guys that do come back, which we have a lot of guys coming back taking classes, that we recruited the right guys, that they want to be great in football, and they want to be great in school and they want to be great beyond because that's what this place is about this place is about achievement and uh you don't have to choose football over school it's one of the biggest misnomers some people don't understand is you can excel uh in football and excel in school if that's just who you are and that's what the way justin is he wants to be great in everything he does
0: now here's stanford head coach david shaw on reed's future in the nfl lots of potential there he says
4: There's not much he can't do uh, from his position. He can cover, he can blitz. Um, He's a great tackler. Um, He's going to continue to emerge as a leader. Um, That's just who he is. Um, I anticipate him being one of those Pro Bowl guys, a multi-Pro Bowl guy, and um, loving every minute of it because he's one of those guys that every single day you get the same guy. You get passion, you get energy, you get fire. He wants to do everything right. He wants to know what to do. He's going to bug the coaches constantly because he knows he can do more. Hey, let me cover that guy. Hey, let me go do this. Hey, let me let me kick field goals. You know, that's just the way that he is. Um, but that energy, it's positive energy that other guys feed off of.
0: Of course, Justin Reed is not the only Stanford Cardinal player on the Houston Texans. You have Brennan Scarlett, who transferred in from Cal. I mean, that's like the McCoys joining the Hatfields, right? and Johnson Balamosi, who came over from the Patriots in the offseason, and Peter Kalambai, who was drafted by the Houston Texans. They all made contributions last season. Here's Shaw on watching his Stanford NFL players.
4: My Sunday evenings, once I get through our game, et cetera, I don't have a lot of time to watch the NFL games during the day. I record some of them, and sometimes I get on NFL.com, and I'll just go through. You know, I have one of those um, NFL passes. Uh, so I can go through games and watch guys play and watch Brendan Scarlett cover a kick or, or cause a fumble like he did last year, pick up a fumble. Um, watching Johnson Batamosi cover kicks uh, with Peter Columbay. So I do that kind of throughout our guys. We've got over 30 guys in the NFL, so sometimes by Sunday evenings it's a little bit long. Uh, but like I said, I take a lot of pride in knowing that we provide an environment for these guys to find out what they're passionate about, earn the, earn the ability to play on Sundays, and go out and make plays.
0: Well, I think we all agree there's something about that school, and I hate to remind everybody that Andrew Luck went there, but I saw some of the advanced footage of what Tyler Sutterth and our video department is working on, and you see this mural at Stanford with a bunch of the former Cardinal players and in their current NFL uniforms, and Luck is there, along with Reed, which is great, but Luck is there, and you're just thinking, oh, my gosh, the enemy, the villain, the nemesis. All right, let's talk about free agency once more with Drew Doherty up next. What does he think of what's been happening so far with your Houston Texans, some of the signings that have taken place, some of the possibilities down the road, the upcoming draft, which is not that far away, really. I mean, we're inside a month and a half from the draft, which is going to be huge for this team, huge for all teams every year. I mean, that's what it's all about, building your team through the draft. I know I can hear it right now. You're saying that just because free agent. No, I'm saying that because it's the truth and you know it. All right, let's talk to Drew next on Texans Radio. The weekend is here and you are with us and I always appreciate that. You listen to Texans All Access every night on Sports Radio 610 every weeknight and wherever you can online because it's on the Texans app. By the way, if you don't have the app, download the app. It's got everything on there. Die hard Texans fans know this already. You scroll the app, you get all the videos You stay in touch with the team. You feel like you're connected all year long. We try to give it a game-day feel. We try to give this show sometimes a game-day feel. We do because we know it's all about you hearing about your favorite football team. Even when you don't like some of the things going on, like a loss, right? I still equate the free agency stuff to trailing at halftime in a game it's just very hard to quantify this though that you can quantify oh my gosh you're down 14 points you don't know you're down in free agency you don't know until you see how the guys play out with the other teams maybe you had no shot at them in the first place maybe you did didn't want to pay that much money it's just like the draft you know it takes a year two three to evaluate a draft i could evaluate this though Drew Doherty on Texans 360 Saturday nights at 11 o'clock is superb on uh, Dear Drew on everything he does. And he joins us now here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. So, Drew, I know you had a chance to go one-on-one with Tashawn Gibson,
5: and he's a super interesting guy. So, tell me how that went. Well, we bonded over Dallas, and not that I'm from there or anything, but I lived there, there, I worked there, went to school there, and, you know, he went to the same high school as Stevie Ray Vaughan and Stephen Tobolowski from... Groundhog Day, the Ned Ryerson. Bing, that guy. He's a lot, in a lot of movies, that a Ned lot Ryerson of guy. Movies, yeah. yeah. And then the lady who created Barney. Anyways. The lady who created
0: Barney uh-huh. went to the same high school as Tashawn Gibson. Mm-hmm. Listen, folks, you cannot get this information anywhere else but here. You this t- kind of valuable football information, where would we be without Barney?
5: I like his journey, though, this guy, Tashaun okay. Gibson. Let's think about it. So you go to school in Dallas, and... You're pretty good, but you wind up going to college in Wyoming and playing for the University of Wyoming. He played, started three whole years with his brother every single game. And then once his brother left, he started that final year, started every game of his college career. But he had to go to Wyoming to do that. Wyoming is an outpost. No offense to Wyoming. It's beautiful. I've been there. I love it. But to go from Dallas to Wyoming, not a typical journey. Culture shock. Major culture shock. Then from there, plays pretty well and he's productive in a different conference um, and he's not drafted. So, signs as an undrafted free agent. He gets time as a rookie in Cleveland. Next year, picks off five passes. Two years later, picks off six passes in 11 games and goes to the Pro Bowl. So, this guy... He's got a hunger there. He's got a, a mm-hmm. mental fortitude. And then he goes to Jacksonville, and he's kind of pushed down the depth chart a little bit, or, or not the depth chart, but the star chart, because he starts yeah. all three games there. But you got guys like Jalen Ramsey uh, at corner, and you got guys like Calais Campbell up front, Malik, J- all those guys, and he's more of a uh, – not a role player, but not one of the stars on that defense, but he's very, very important. And two years ago, when they're really, really good, picks off four passes, um, helps take them to – the AFC title game, and he's very good against tight ends. And one last thing he's got 20 career interceptions since 2012. The guy wow. that leads his franchise in interceptions just left the building. He's going to Denver and Kareem Jackson. He's got 16. So the guy has, mm. Tashawn Gibson has picked off passes. Can he keep doing that? We'll see. But he had his hands on a few last year, had one pulled back because of a, a penalty away from the play by AJ Boye. AJ Boye wound up giving him a pair of Air Jordans because he nullified a uh, a Tashawn Gibson penalty or interception on a hold. And so I think this guy is going to be good. The tight end aspect alone, how he can kind of make things a little tougher on tight ends, and what we've seen around here at the safety spot it's very, very attractive for this defense.
0: Yeah, and I think about covering tight ends. I mean, we saw A.J. Boyer when he was here as a corner doing Excellent, a good job added. on Kelsey. And, yeah, yeah, and you need somebody who can do a good job on these guys. Because you're
5: going to see Kelsey. You're going to see Rob Gronkowski. You're going to see Ebron at least twice. It's four guys, right? A quarter of your season next year is going to be spent against great tight ends. What about and the I'm tit- leaving people out. I'm are, leaving people out. What about the Titans building a 10-0 exactly. lead in the Monday night game, and
0: you overcame it big time, obviously, but... Big pass to the tight end He mm-hmm. took it down the middle. So I like this aspect of his game and talk to me about culture too, because the honey badger, Tyron Matthew, mm-hmm. goes to Kansas City. Good culture guy. Clearly it would have been nice to have him back, but yeah. it's a business and the highest bidder wins very often. Uh, but I don't think Gibson's any kind of drop off here. In fact, I think it's just fine, thank you, in the locker room. At least the projection is that way. Sure,
5: there's there's trade offs there, you know. I think he I think Gibson's probably a little bit better. Covering tight ends and then mm-hmm. Tyron Matthew. Now Tyron Matthew's probably better in some areas as well as you know coming up against a run and disguising things. But I think it's, it's like you're saying you're going to be just fine with Deshaun Gibson there at safety because you got to remember who you're pairing him up with back there. Right, Justin Reed. That guy's a player, yeah. and he's only going to get better, I think. And I'm really really excited about the future. And Andre Howell's still around? Absolutely. Yeah, we haven't talked anything about Andre Hal. He's got a full off season of health behind him. He's not going through cancer treatment. I mean that's yeah. can you like just it's mind boggling to even say that. He's yeah. not going through cancer treatment after a season in which he still played half the year. I, I think it's phenomenal what he was able to do, yeah. just
0: making it back onto the football mm-hmm. field and I know that he didn't take the physical beating that he could have with cancer, but what kind of sentence is that that I just right. said? Mm-hmm. And he made sure of that because he took unconventional treatment, and it all worked out for him. I think you're right. With a full season of health for Andre Hal, it's only going to get better. This is a player you gave a second contract to. You think highly of, so uh, he'll be in the mix there as well. And they continue to add at corner. Bradley Roby yeah. this week. Brian Body Calhoun. And it is body Calhoun. I'll get into that a little bit more later. You know, as a play-by-play man, I have to pay attention to these pronunciations big time. <laughs> but I, I like what they're doing here. They're getting bodies in the stable at cornerback.
5: Yeah, and they're getting guys that are that have been pretty healthy, too. You know, they've, they've got a history of health as far as playing mm-hmm. the bulk of or full season. So that's something. I mean, you knew you had to. I, I don't think anyone's saying that they've put 1993 Deion Sanders uh, in a cornerback but you you're at right. it's like you're saying you got to replace these numbers because you're going to do it in the draft as well. You're going to draft a corner very very high, if not the first round, one of those second round picks. I mean, it's it's going to be a corner and an offensive tackle very 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 high in the draft in in no particular order.
0: What do you say to the fans who say you haven't done enough on the offensive line you yet? You understand. I
5: mean, you understand that. I, you 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 tried to uh, it, the reports have been out there. You tried to make the move to get Roger Saffold in here. You understand that that fans are are anxious because you see these big names come off the board. But you got to remember, okay? Let's think about let's take mini history lesson. When have the Texans made big splashes in free agency? And you got to eliminate 2011 because that was a like two day window before training camp yeah. started. Because you did that year. You got John the Joseph Daniel Waney. When have you made big splashes? 2016 first day you signed Brock Osweiler. Yeah, and we were all excited. We're very excited. Right. We thought this was going to be great. How did that turn out?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'll go back deeper with you. Ed I'll go Reed. back to Todd Wade, Marlon Greenwood.
5: Yeah. Uh, Amon Green. In between those guys and Brock Osler, Ed Reed, 2013. Yep. Big splash there. Now, what happened last year? Oh, well, you signed Honey Badger. You didn't sign Honey Badger until a week after the start of free agency. Yeah. And Honey Badger worked out great. So I understand. I understand what you know, the consternation is, I understand the, the, the frustration. But I'm going to go back to this, man, and you and I have talked about it multiple times with John Deep. We've seen Brian Gain in this building for the last five or six years take out that one year that he was in Buffalo. We've been around him. We saw what he did in the draft last year. We saw what he did in free agency, waiver wire, some of the names in season he's picked up, like DeAndre Carter, very, very productive guy he picked up in season. I'm going to to defer to him, and I think this guy has this franchise on the right track.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. When you look at Brian Gaines' track record, it's interesting to me, and I'm not saying it's because of him. No. But it's interesting to me that he goes to Buffalo for that one year, and they make the playoffs for the first time in forever since Wade Phillips was there. And then he leaves, and they're back out of the playoffs, and this team is back in the playoffs. And I'm not saying that there's a correlation there, but it is sort of Uh eye-opening. It's one of those things that make you say, hmm. So we'll see how he does there. All right, guys who have left the building, just quick note on Kareem Jackson here, because you've interviewed him many times. He meant a lot to this franchise, and he meant a lot to us in our department as well doing KJAC TV.
5: What a great guy. I picked him up. He was the first player that I, you know, met at the airport the morning after they drafted him. I got here right before the two thousand nine season started. Oh, yeah. And then the Texans used their first round pick on Kareem Jackson in ten. So that was the first draft I covered with the Texans. And you know, he he had as Bad a rookie year uh, as it gets. I mean yeah. people have people have had worse rookie years, but people have not caught the fire that he caught right. as a rookie. He was year.
0: the magnet of the attention for a defense that was really Man. not good at all that year. Man, it was
5: it was the worst pass defense since the AFL NFL merger at that point. Is I, that there, bad? There might have been worse <laughs> since 2010, but at that point, it was the worst. And you got to give him credit; he turned it around steadily, got better, wound up. You know he's the franchise leader in interceptions, and um, yeah, he, he, he was he was he was a fun guy to deal with. He was always even keel, always a good guy. All, he always faced the music and mm-hmm. talked to the press after some pretty bad bad performances. And um, he he got to be become a good player at the end. He's uh, congratulations to him. I, we're gonna miss him.
0: So the under-the-radar position group this offseason has sort of been defensive line because yeah. there were some things to do there. and They've gotten a couple of them done with the uh, tenders to Brandon Dunn and Joel Heath. Covington leaves. Angelo Blackson, too. They signed, Coving- uh, they signed Blackson, yeah. and that's pretty good because he was a player who, every time he made a play and I'd say his name, I could just feel people saying, who? Mm-hmm. But he would make plays, and there's a reason why they liked him, a former fourth-round draft choice of the Tennessee Titans.
5: No doubt. Yeah, Blackson, uh, nice addition Solid influence there in the middle. Tough to see Covington go. He's another one of those, those favorites uh, to talk with. Has a cool story going Going yeah. to Rice, coming from Canada. His Father's father. in the CFL yeah.
0: Hall of Fame. I'll miss this. I know. We'll uh. miss
5: him. We'll, uh, we'll definitely see him in August when uh, the Texans will most likely play the Cowboys. I mean, yeah. that, that's pretty much a given. Yeah, we always play them. Given. so sure. it's not hasn't been a, a released officially or unofficially for that matter, but we always wind up playing the Cowboys in the preseason. So. How about in a
0: month? The schedule comes out. I can't wait. And we were talking about Gibson, his ability to cover tight ends. You're going to see Ebron twice with mm-hmm. the Colts, maybe mm-hmm. three times because of what happened last year. Yeah. You saw him three times. You're also going to see Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. up there in Kansas City, and you're also going to see Gronkowski, assuming he plays for the Patriots. Do you right. think he plays for the Patriots? Oh, I think so, yeah.
5: yeah. I, think if, I think if Brady's back, he's back. Yeah, I kind of think whenever – I think they're both going to be gone at the same time. So <laughs> it's funny because
0: – a lot of people think Brady and Belichick go out at the same time. Which, that, they yeah, they could. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Gronk says, I'm here to crash the retirement <laughs> party. Does he want to be at the same press conference as Brady and Belichick? Boy, I just want to see this all happen. I want to see Gronk up there with
5: them, like, Three Hall of Famers out the building. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I guess he is.
5: Jeez. Guess he is. I think he's the
0: greatest tight end ever. You know, it's funny because, to me, he gets hurt a lot. I don't care. But when he plays, he's, he's amazing. so phenomenal. All he does is score. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's, 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 he's ridiculously difficult. And you know, last year he made a lot of plays, and you know he wasn't feeling that well. Mm-hmm. You know he wasn't feeling 100%. Uh, talk to me about this for a moment. Jordan Thomas, you were at the rodeo with him. Yeah. This this is a big tight end. Sometimes as play-by-play announcers I say, or we're guilty of saying, the big tight end. With him, you're absolutely right. He's a big tight end.
5: I've said it so many times, you're probably sick of it. But I can't forget sitting up on that top row at the Greenbrier and the bleachers in the end zone and looking down when they were doing these end zone one-on-one drills. And he ate these defensive backs alive. And he looked like an aircraft carrier getting guarded by a mosquito. I mean, he's just yeah. enormous. But everything about the guy is big. He plays big. His body's big. Big personality. We were out at the rodeo with him at the carnival. Yep. He was riding a horse. He made the horse look small. And he had his like hand on his head. I was just... I was really feeling badly for the horse. Actually, <laughs> was... horse didn't horse didn't react. He just kind of rode. It's like eh, somebody else. The is horse, horse know. experts
0: yeah. know that it's okay to put Jordan Thomas on a horse. I oh guess. yeah,
5: yeah. This was all organized by the rodeo. Yeah. We didn't like sneak in or do anything. This was all <laughs> above board. Yeah, yeah. He, he took care. Of it. But he was it was fun being around him. He's excited about next year and excited about the the prospects of what's to come. And I, I think he's going to be a big part. And Jordan Akins and and Griffin a big part of this offense. It
0: kind of irritates me how the national media many members of the national media say the Texans are going to be looking at
5: tight end very early in the draft. Which I, you know, I understand why they're saying it because you didn't see the numbers production. You know, they, they they look, well, where do they get their production? Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, they mm-hmm. need a tight end. So that's, I think, their, their line of thinking, but they're just looking at numbers. Right. That's my guess. Yeah.
0: Because I think with Akins and Thomas, give me another year there. And I know Griffin's yeah. solid at the very least. Mm-hmm. So let's go. Let's see what these guys can do. This group in year two. I, I know in 2016 they had the best tight end season as a position group in the history right. of the franchise. But a lot of other factors went into that, most notably the quarterback electing to find them early <laughs> and
5: often instead of wide receivers. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty ugly that year. Because, I mean, that's, that's the only year De- DeAndre Hopkins has kind of been Checked. I mean, yep. he came off a Pro Bowl year the year before his first Pro Bowl year, yeah. and then he gets, dips under a thousand. And then since then, yeah. it's been amazing. And so. and he wasn't checked. He was self-checked by
0: the offense. That's what of I'm the saying. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. It really totally, wasn't. It. Totally. It's funny with receivers. Sometimes we say, "Well, they have to be more productive." Well, somebody has to throw them the football. Yeah. As well so they get an opportunity. Well, it wasn't too. DeAndre Hopkins' fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that. No, right. no, I know you're not. Absolutely not. All right. Thank you, Drew. You got it. Drew Doherty, ABC 13, Saturday nights, 11 o'clock, Texans 360, and all the other stuff online with Dear Drew and everything else he does for this organization. A couple of things on the way out of here. AFC South News with Ryan Tannehill going to the Tennessee Titans. This makes them stronger, I believe. I think he's a better backup than Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert did beat the Texans, although you can't say he did it. They had a good game plan that day, and the Texans were not on their game in that week two loss. But the point is, Tannehill taking the pay cut going to Tennessee, probably a good deal for him, knowing that he has a chance to start. Mariota's injury concerns Mariota's on field play. Now, you know the Titans are going to exhaust every possible thing they can out of Marcus Mariota before they had to go to Ryan Tannehill, but maybe Tannehill does really well in the offseason and opens some eyes there in Nashville. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I certainly think it's notable news considering the division. And we talked about it a bit last night. This is the strongest division in football, top to bottom. It was the best division in football last year. Some of you are rolling your eyes right now don't it's the only division with 3 winning teams last year go check the schedule it was pretty tough for some of these teams and the texans won it with an 11 and 5 record you had three winning teams, like I said. And Jacksonville last year was able to beat the New England Patriots. You know, they had some decent wins in the limited amount of wins that they had. And I think everybody agrees, even though they've taken some losses this offseason with Nick Foles, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I still think Tennessee might be in last, but that doesn't mean that they are that bad. The Texans once upon a time finished 8-8, eight and eight, and that was last in the division. 8-8. Eight and eight. And that was 10, 12 years ago. That was a year where you had Tennessee still going to the playoffs. Well, that era of Tennessee Titans football. You had Peyton Manning and the Colts. And the Jags were doing pretty well with David Garrard at the helm. Remember that year in 07? They beat Pittsburgh in the regular season and in the postseason. Anyway. Let's wrap it up here with another plug for the sport of flag football. The spring leagues are starting up. You know, we support flag football all around the greater Houston area, mostly through the YMCA. I coach in a league in Fort Bend County, TexanFlagFootball.com. They're starting up in a couple of weeks, so go take a look at TexanFlagFootball.com for that Play 60 league where every team... Sim- they don't simulate an NFL team. I was about to say simulate, but you wear the uniforms of another NFL team. And there are a lot of Texans out there. There are some gag cowboys out there, but that's just the way it goes. Anyway. TexanFlagFootball.com for my buddy Matt Castle's league that I happen to be a part of. And Vanderkid, too, is going to participate this year. Pray for us. He's six years old. All right, that's it for the show tonight. Check out 360 Saturday night, 11 o'clock, ABC 13. Go to HoustonTexans.com for all the videos, articles, everything to do with your Houston Texans. Have a great night, and go Texans!